This is the Frontier Podcast, powered by Gun.io, the engineering choice for engineering talent. How can best practices from one industry change another industry? 25-year technology executive Dave Ugan joins Ledge to deep dive into a real-world example, how he spent six years bringing UX, CX, and technology from the hospitality and attractions industry to the end-of-life industry, aka funerals. Dave talks about the importance of iterating, targeting open-minded customers early so you can turn them into evangelists, and how to take the critical feedback that helps your product leap forward. He also walks us through the critical pricing determinations that helped fuel growth. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Here's Ledge's conversation with Dave Ugan. Dave, thanks for joining us. Really cool to have you on. Hey, Ledge. It's great to be here on a cold afternoon in Orlando. <laughs> Not as cold as at it least is a week in sort of cold. <laughs> right, right. Would you mind giving your you know two three minute background story of you and your work? It's good for the audience to get to know you a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. For the um, about a twenty five year IT guy, the last uh, six years or so, I've been working in an organization where um, we've taken the attractions industry, best practices and technology and applied them to the funeral industry, which is a pretty big leap, but it's actually worked out extremely well. So added a lot of technologies into this traditional area and actually received a patent um, for the main technology where we we put a multi-sensory room into a funeral chapel to uh, celebrate somebody's life. And it's, um, it's been an interesting run, I'll say that much. So I got to hear the links between the attraction industry and the, the funeral industry. You know, tell me, tell me sure. that story. You know, that, that sounds super interesting. Well, if, um, the way it was, it was kind of teed up was uh, we looked at the, um, the emotional content of uh, a family planning a vacation and the problems families have with funerals and it's, it's a very emotional, highly charged uh, situation. Also, when you look at a funeral, when you look at a, a large family or a significant family vacation to some of the bigger attractions, they're about the same price. And so uh, the private equity group that owns our company basically saw this opportunity where, Hey, we can, we can change the funeral industry, an industry that has very, a very bad reputation, very bad customer experience by using all these folks from the hospitality and attractions industry. So they, they brought about six of us together into the current company, and we studied the industry, the funeral industry, for about a year, and then started bringing in all the hospitality and attractions, technologies, best practices, and um, customer service components. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm I'm brought to some of the, the celebrations that we had for family members. You know, when they when they passed away, and that it, it you know it's it's really all about you know weddings and funerals, right? I mean, sometimes this is this is the only time you're going to see these people. You know, and so you know I can totally imagine that bringing that together into a, a, a joyous setting makes a whole lot of sense. It's it's really a, a brilliant innovation. What's the technology hook? I mean, you're a technology professional. Where does that fit in? Sure, sure. The um, the main technology that's that really was kind of bridging the gap between 
attractions and funeral was, um, you know, the actual funeral service itself. And uh, people are used to walking into a, a funeral chapel, pews, you know, people in dark suits and mourning. Whereas we kind of flipped that model over and now people walk into a chapel. The um, entire back wall is covered in high definition video. When you walk in and start looking at this high definition video, it could be a mountain scene, it could be a travel, be a military celebration of um, baking, whatever, any, any sort of theme that celebrates this person's life, you start actually smelling the, uh, the theme as well. So for like golf, we have fresh cut grass. For um, baking, we have fresh cookies. We've done a mountain scene where we did uh, pine trees. And then as you continue to walk into the funeral chapel, you actually hear the, the wind rustling or the, the birds chirping or the golfers in the background, and um, it blows people away. Um, then they actually start the funeral service and say, look, we, we couldn't bring everyone to the golf course today, but we're going to try and bring it to you. And through the sight, sound, and smell, um, it really relaxes the the audience and it gets them more involved and, and they really appreciate it. And um, it's just a lot less mournful. And it's a lot, lot more celebratory. Um, we ended up putting all this technology in controlled by simply an iPad mini. Um, it's almost a rack worth of equipment, but you're controlling microphones, videos, smells. Um, you can change the theme during the session, during the funeral session. We have a picture within a picture component where you can bring up family photos within the mountain scene or the golf scene. And um, the response has been overwhelming from the public. Um, we've ended up putting in close to 60 of these, these multi-sensory funeral rooms, rooms and uh, it really has changed the industry. And now we're watching a lot of the um, largest players in the industry do similar experiences. And um, again, you know, the families our customer surveys and satisfaction measurements are just thrilled with this whole celebration of life versus the morning of death. That makes so much sense. That's fantastic. What's the technology look like for, for the audience that likes to dive in and, and think about how, you know, how would you actually build things of this nature, multi-sensory, uh, what kind of custom software, you know, what are the actual okay. components? I'm just interested in the, you know, so the, the tech and hardware stack, so to speak. Sure, sure. It's, um, let's start with the hardware stack. If you think about any sort of large projection room that's interactive, you're going to have to have uh, basically um, one processor attached to each high def of uh, um, camera going out and video play. So all of those, every projector basically has a um, Mac behind it. Um, and then from those Macs, they need to be tied together into a central switch, which is also controlled by a Mac. And then you can use a basically a private wireless network to access control to that switch. And then all of the other components in the room, like micro, external microphones, um, the scent generator, again, are all controlled by the, the wireless network going into the central switch and um, seems to perform pretty well. The software is, is really where a lot of the magic happens. Um, there's 
soft there's there's switching software that can be used however we ended up um coding quite a bit of the software um through one of our vendors and that's their proprietary piece but um it's worked out extremely well a lot of the coding's been done in um C++ or C# -sharp, and um that's where a lot of kind of the mojo is and that's all running on a, a centralized, just a, a Mac uh, laptop then, like client-side application? We, um, initially the design came out such that it was running on a Mac laptop. But if you thought about the traditional funeral person, the funeral owner, funeral parlor owner, they were, they were a little older, a little less tech savvy. So we, did, we ended up doing is a, a design such that they could control all of this from a tablet and really a Mac mini. And it had to be really push button, easy to use, real time on the fly. Um, and I really kind of designed it towards a smartphone because everyone was familiar with the um, interface, what sort of response they should expect. And uh, that, that's, been a, that's been, I think, the biggest part of the success of this system is, is the UI. Um, I mean, you can't just hand a Mac mini to a 70 year old and say, okay, here's how you turn on the site. Here's this. If you have pictograms, if you've got everything laid out right in front of them and it looks similar to their, their iPhone or their Android. And you also make the statement of, look, you can't break this. You just can't break it. And, and if you absolutely have to, here's how you reboot the system. Um, that really gained a lot of adoption and, uh, People started coming out to it very quickly once we were able to conquer that UI component of it. Yeah, it's so much of that. It's interesting from the product mindset. It's like you can't separate engineering software from, from product or from user experience because of that adoption curve. You know, so how many iterations did you have to go through a lot of that to, uh, you know, take a, is it was a very lean approach to try to get to, you know, what's the right way to control all this stuff? Because, you know, I don't, I'm sure we all remember, you know, not 10 years ago when you had six different remotes to try to do your home theater and it was a disaster mm -hmm. and nobody could, could even do it. And now, you know, we are seeing that to, you know, coalescing into a set top box and, and probably yeah. even a, you know, an iOS or an Android app to control it. It's that same type of paradigm. Um, but you're dealing with a bunch of technology that that could be very, very intimidating, even for someone like I've never used a smell generator. You know, that sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to have one. But, you know, how do you put that all together? What kind of iterative process was that? We um, it, 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 it took two iterations to get it right, to get it down to where we could hand it to somebody and they could they could use it fairly quickly. Um, and. Time-wise, that was probably about a year, maybe 18 months to get through that second iteration. We knew we hit a home run when in the third iteration, um, people wanted to use the system or funeral home owners wanted to use the system. You're going to love this to uh, broadcast Super Bowls. So if you think about these big funeral chapels, they're, they're trying to get people in there outside of a funeral. So they try and do community events. They try and do... Um, uh, first responder events, which which do pretty well, but we kept getting a request of, hey, can when can I put a football game on this 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 huge projector? So we added um, in some component, basically added in some software 
so that we could take um, cable television feeds. We, we had to um, recontour the imaging, of course, but um, once we did that, then we saw the funeral homes using these systems for almost as much of non-funeral activity as funeral activity. And, you know, the Super Bowl was, was kind of the big joke and the big party, but um, that was the third iteration. And once we hit that one, um, we started getting internal and external demands for the system all over the company and even outside the company. And so do you anticipate having different lines now? Obviously, you've, you've broken out of the bounds of the end of life industry are there applications of the technology that you know you intend to uh i don't know maybe my kids want to watch netflix on sure system you know are, are you thinking about expanding and growing the market from that success the um with the third generation where we could take a uh television a live a live feed a live stream i should say um that was the last really piece that that people wanted and we, we included a few more features outside of just uh, a cable stream, cable TV stream. Um, we've, uh, we've seen, <laughs> this is strange, but we've seen a few of our funeral chapels turning into um, dance halls almost. And uh, there's, there's some large retirement communities here in central Florida where we put these, these funeral systems in but the funeral home was always more of a community uh, loca location, kind of a community event location. And um, we saw these locations starting to put in um, alcohol service. Um, then they went as far as putting in an actual bars. Then they, in, in the funeral chapel, they started putting in dance floors all around this multi-century room saying, well, if we can, if we can use it for funerals, let's also use it for, for dancing. Let's use it for a Halloween party. And um, we've just watched people run with it. And they're kind of using, I don't know if we'd call it technology, but they're using side components or external components to augment the existing technologies, which has been pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, my head immediately goes to, we have a lot of uh, esports enthusiasts around here, you know, hook up the old Xbox and <laughs> have a have a competition. Um, that's fantastic. Well, you know, that's, that's really neat. I mean that from an entrepreneurial perspective, you guys have to be very proud of that to have evolved technology through, you know, multiple industries and then created really a demand category onto itself. I wonder abstract, maybe some of the learnings there on how you did that. We obviously deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and even, you know, just large companies that are interested in launching new tangent products sure what, what could you offer from you know from that perspective and that expertise about you know hopping best practices industry to industry to make a new market segment um i think some of the biggest learnings were we needed to get in front of the funeral directors who were really open-minded because it was it was such a radical concept to begin with and once we we kind of identified those as our subject matter experts um that was a, that was a great hit then we we started getting fans right away i think the second thing was uh with the iterations even though we thought we had the perfect idea it really took us to like the third generation of software uh release to get it right understood and um yeah 
I, I think it took about three generations. And we, and we, we needed to be open-minded about that, which, which helped as well. So the first two I'd almost come, put under collaboration and communication. The third thing that was a different surprise was um, how to price this. And that was a, a lesson that um, you know, we thought, you know, you build it and they'll come, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs think. But um, what we found was as we built it, it was very hard to explain to the public. It was very hard to sell to the public. So what we ended up doing is we ended up keeping the systems on. And when somebody walked in the home, they, they saw it running. Then they got it. They got it immediately. And um, that helped. But as far as pricing it, we just included the, uh, the whole service, the whole multi-sensory room with every service rather than making it an a la carte cost. And by doing that, um, everyone was able to take advantage of it. A lot of people, or, or some people I should say, wanted something very simple. They didn't, they didn't want a lot of multi-sensory. They wanted a very traditional um, funeral. And that was fine. We would just change it to a very simple cross image or a crucifix or, or whatever they wanted. And uh, we were still able to give them some multi-sensory, but keep it very, very plain. Other people, um, they, I mean, we literally had when they wanted the Grateful Dead. And so, you know, we had a Grateful Dead concert playing in the background and they, the scent they wanted, we couldn't <laughs> come up with because it was illegal and ended up giving them a barbecue scent. But it, I mean, the minister showed up in a tide. I was just, it was incredible how, how wild some of these things got. But um, it was fun. So listen to your customer, I think, would be, be one of the biggest lessons out there. That's excellent. Well, Dave, this is this is really exciting. We love hearing about technology used in um, interesting ways. Thanks for joining us, us today. Oh, happy to do so. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.